0: Forty-seven, I think. 47th 47. We're going to have to plan something like, like a retrospective or something for, the, the, 50th. for the 50th. Oh, yeah. We got to yeah, do for something sure. for the 50th. That'll so, be really fun. We're
1: getting close to 50 episodes. Thank yeah. you so much for listening. This is Megan and Tony. In the flesh, six feet apart.
0: Six feet apart, y'all. We wore masks, you know. There was... You know, we we were careful.
1: We were careful. But nobody wants to see our asses anyway. So it's that's like, right. you know, we're, yeah. we're pretty much done. <laughs> um. that's, why, that's why we're doing radio, right? <laughs> this, is a, this is an episode that's very near and dear to our hearts because we're going to talk about some music producers that we both like and kind of our own yeah. thing. And be sure to shout us out on Facebook, read our magazine, diacritical.com. Uh, yep. And email us at diacritical.com at gmail.com. That's right. That's the one. Like a so, video diary or something. Yeah. You know, you're going to... Send us some fiction. Send us some stuff. Uh, be sure to shout us out on Instagram. We also have Twitter. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of our, and probably yours too, favorite music producers. And we'll be right back. And we're back again with our music producing episode boom, boom, here boom. with tony this is megan okay first of all let's talk about in in your own words what does a music producer do because i've got the wikipedia definition yeah. right here <laughs> but i want you to tell me what you think a music producer oh does.
0: man so it's like it's interesting right because like i i came to like i guess produce like i understand producing as something that's different from like we say music production, we're talking about, like, recording, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about, like, finishing and, like, mixing stuff and and everything like that. It's kind of the purview of our episode. But, like, I got into music production as, like, a live concert producer. So, for me, and what I also understand the actual definition to be is pretty much the glue that holds together a project. Yeah. Right? As a producer, you're the one that's coordinating, like... Um, musicians that come in to do like backup vocals rhythm section or something like that you're the person that gets the musicians together you're directing pretty much the the album you give notes to the performers you record multiple tracks it's like your job to kind of orchestrate everything too i think as a music producer um, and it's your job to oversee the final production.
1: Well, when I think about year. music producing, like very narrowly, I think about it as you're writing the music. You are literally producing the music. But there's so many other elements that go on. Tony just took a sip of this Turkish coffee. That's right. I haven't. Shout out to and Naidon. I haven't had mine yet, but I'm curious to try when I get done talking. This is strong. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So so anyway, music producing, but I think about an uh an an album that is a concept album yeah that you you kind of see the story from start to finish and it's like telling a story like some of my favorite producers like a Tyler the Creator or like a a Kendrick Lamar but strictly in terms of producing the music that's what I wanted to talk about today right like the actual producing of the music because I think it, it gets a it doesn't get enough attention the work right. That goes into actually making the type of. Oh music. yeah,
0: not like on television where you have like executive producer Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf. No, like like the executive producer in like TV and film is very like on like it's a big thing that you understand, right? Like JJ Abrams and stuff, yeah, and and David Lindelof like cut their teeth teeth as uh, producers and stuff. But as far as music producers, we don't necessarily think about that. We think about, like, the artists themselves. And But but the other thing, too, is, like, very many artists these days are producing their own things. Yes, you know? and that's
1: pretty cool. I think – I mean, that's so pedestrian to say it's pretty cool, but I think that when you are an artist that is producing their own work, like, you're in there on the, the MPC yeah. making the beats, you – I wouldn't say you have a better relationship with the music, but to me, that gives you a lot more clout.
0: Yeah, I mean, when it's your <laughs> when it's your concept, it's your yeah, music, your and you have, your
1: instruments that you've chosen. Exactly, yeah.
0: you have complete control, and I I don't really empathize with that. I think I I, I understand that. You know, um, I mean, fucking like Wagner did it, right? Like mm-hmm. he was pretty much the executive producer of everything that he did. These love big
1: him. orchestrations, of love the him or leave album, him, right?
0: Yeah. Like he. Like it's that total artwork kind of concept, the Gesamtkunstwerk. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah.
0: But um yeah, like I, I think that the more control that artists have over their own music, it kind of lends this authenticity to it. And it's not to say that like independent producers or people that aren't the artists producing music don't have an astounding craft for it. That's not to say that at all.
1: Well, that may be their strength. Maybe you know the lyricism or yeah. something like that, but. uh some of my favorite producers, I have a list here. And as a music producer myself, I'm always trying to either emulate these people or be better than these people. I right. think that's a very high bar to to match. So the first person I'll shout out is uh, Oak Felder. You know who Oak Felder is? No,
0: okay. Because no. again, like... You know, I'm I'm so new to this actually. Yeah, by yeah, the way, yeah. you know what I mean, like getting into. I I have like a couple of favorites and stuff, but in terms of like the deep cuts, I I'm, I'm not
1: too sure. Well, I'm you. I'm gonna talk about some people that are unknown, but I'm also gonna talk about some people that you all know. I mentioned Tyler the Creator earlier, but mm-hmm. Oak Felder is this music producer. He's produced for a lot of pop artists. There's a, a video on YouTube of him producing. Demi Lovato's Sorry Not Sorry, it is a masterclass. <laughs> awesome. Now, I love pop music, as we've both talked about. Oh, yeah. I love for Charlie yeah. Puth and all that. He's, he's another music producer. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've already we talked about him. It's as a great example of like having control. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, He's definitely sitting in the room doing all the things. Engineering, recording, mastering, all that stuff. You know? yeah. I'm sure he has a team behind him. But anyway, Oak Felder does this masterclass. It's a 45-minute, and it's free. It's like you can find this on YouTube about how he goes through... His chosen doll, which is Logic, and he talks about the instrumentation that he used, how he made the beat, the backup vocals, how Demi Lovato did it, what be- all the little stuff that he put in there, and it Demi makes jealous. me when I make music, it's like you have got to go inside the music yeah. and do all the stuff to make it perfect because when you get an amazing pop song like Sorry Not Sorry with yeah. somebody who can really blow like Demi Lovato, it's just the it's like the best meal, it's the perfect thing, yes. you know, it's just so. Just,
0: and if it wasn't produced right,
1: and I guess that's the other
0: thing about producing right. right, you think about what sorry, not sorry, might have been in the hands of like somebody yes. that's not mm-hmm. as in tune with the details or anything mm-hmm. like that, there are things you're gonna miss. As I'm finding out, just kind of dipping my toes into this water for the first time, um, in during COVID, actually, like that's when I got more into producing because I wanted to try something different and I wanted to make different types of music but you, there, there's one thing it's one thing to write and have a song it is a completely different thing to realize it completely how you want it to be realized yeah. right yeah. there are things like um, like the levels between instruments the the overall tone is it warm but is also it a cold tone? but like
1: choosing the right instruments that to yes. go together yes when I hear somebody We'll take, and I don't want to shit on this, mm-hmm. but I have a, just have a tendency to listen to the rap songs that are out there right now, yeah. and I speak specifically to rap because rap is popular music, and I'm thinking about, you know, this person's lyrics are very heartfelt and, you right. know, they're talking about their struggles or whatever, or maybe they're just talking about doing other things that are not relevant. But then the stuff behind it is just not good. It sounds cheap, yeah, it sounds like it's not taken care of, and that's what you get with somebody like Oak Felder, yeah. who has gone in and he just his ear just knows and he's been doing it for over twenty years yeah, very, very interesting story. So check him out, please check out that video on youtube he is he's He just knows what he's doing, he has a lot of command. Who did you want to shout out
0: um you know we've kind of actually been talking about him. On and off for the last few weeks, but Babyface, yeah, was oh, the yeah. first music mm-hmm. producer that I ever knew of. Um, he, like, about his first hit was in nineteen eighty three. It was "Slow Jam" by Midnight Star, and since then, that dude has won eleven Grammys, and he's been nominated for fifty. I had to count it twice, yeah. <laughs> like, I when that. I looked it up, like Babyface has has done all of the music you love. You know what I mean? Babyface has produced hits for Tony Braxton, Whitney Houston, Boys to Men. He did End of the Road and I'll Make Love to You. Eric Clapton, Patti LaBelle, Shaka Khan, Aretha Franklin, Madonna, Beyonce, Diana Ross, Michael and Janet.
1: Mm.
0: Brandy, Mary J. Blige. He even did Fall Out Boy. You remember Thanks for the Memories? Yeah. That's a Babyface track. That's that's
1: such a vague memory of mine of being like... Kind of in the Fallout Boy. The memories. Yeah, kind of in the Fallout Boy and be like, oh yeah, Babyface produced this. The funny thing is is that I feel like Babyface, he did have a little bit of a solo career. Yeah. But he's so well known for being a producer behind oh, all these yeah. mega hits. Well it's
0: because again, like what you are talking about, the ear, right? Yeah. Like he's just got it. I mean for, for I mean, just the people that I that I mentioned, all the different styles of music that are wrapped up into that, it's like soul, uh, you know, disco, R and B, like Emo. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. he went from, like... And then there's Eric Clapton, like, baked in there, too, and stuff like that, too. I mean, you, you, you think about... You know, some, there are some producers that, like, really specialize in a style and a sound and a thread and everything like that. But I think what's really special about Babyface is he just understands instruments. He understands how they go together. He understands song structure. He also understands the thread of an album. Yeah. You know what I mean? He understands the entire idea of something. Mm-hmm. And that's special. I mean, that's the reason why I think he's so prolific but also he's not necessarily as well-known as I would like him to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, well-known is kind of relative. I mean, if you've been nominated for 50 Grammys, how right. like, underground I, I feel can like, you be? I feel like
1: people really know who he is, but not so much as a solo act, but as a mm-hmm. producer. And that is that's that is amazing to me that somebody can get... And I think it's because of all the work, because he is so prolific. He's yeah. done all these work with all these big artists. When you think about the thread of a narrative, somebody that comes to mind, there's two people that come to mind, um, and that is... I definitely want to mention a couple women, but I'm just going to get through these two guys first. Sure. Uh, Tyler the Creator and Kanye West. Kanye West is a super producer, despite what you think about he came him personally. Out as a producer, despite man. what you think about him personally and all the stuff that's going on with him at the moment, it seems like every other month there's something going on with him, you know. And despite what you may think about Tyler during his first albums, when he was saying, you know, racial not racial slurs, but you know, homophobic slurs. Yeah. His production, both of them, I put them on the same level. Yeah. Tyler's album, Tyler's album um, Scum album, Foul Boy, is one of my favorite albums of all time. Okay. His next one, Igor, is amazing. Igor I very good. It's so good. And then Kanye West, of course, you said he came out as a, a producer first yeah, how he, that's by, how he, again, by doing sampling. Yeah. And sampling yeah. is very tough, I found out. As someone mm-hmm. who's trying to do it themselves... It's not easy to put two different things together from two different And genres. get away with it legally. And get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, yeah. And he, well, he does, like, an interpolation on these things. This derivative I mean, exactly. derivative
0: is a little simple to call it. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, Kanye was a good, like, thing, I'm thinking about early Kanye. So I think about uh, high school dropout and late registration, which is how I got introduced to him when I was yeah. in, like, middle school. Um, college dropout yeah college dropout dropout, yeah yeah, sorry (laughs) high school dropout uh but like i think about because i've been listening to him recently actually because me and my sister were talking about him oh yeah um and uh you know you compare two of my favorite songs of his as a producer and again we're talking about the the instruments the, the timbres of those instruments, how they fit together, how they're mixed together in terms of how they come together, the range, and then also the format of those songs, right? Mm-hmm. All of that is production. And you think about Touch the Sky, right, which starts off with just a big, brassy chorus and then goes into like verses and most yeah. of it you know all that well, it kind stuff. of starts off as, like then, this
1: funk tune yeah it goes into this hop this hip-hop thing yeah
0: and then you have things like roses which was about his grandmother being in the hospital which yeah. is night and day mm-hmm. you know what i mean just stripped down bells and kanye immediately starts off with a verse right the chorus doesn't come in until like halfway through the song well, you know what i mean it's just heart-wrenching the way he builds that
1: but i've know. been i've been listening to this podcast i think i told you about it. it's called dissect shout out to dissect mm-hmm. if that guy Cole kushner ever listens to this i started show. listening
0: to tyler the creator thread on dissect. oh so i mean
1: yeah. he, he i'm doing this one right now on kendrick lamar but i'm i'm i listened to the kanye one with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and kanye apparently was like laughed at when he was trying to be a rapper. Mm-hmm. Now I will say that Kanye to me is not the best rapper. Not he's a great lyricist. I think he's. Hilarious. Have you ever seen that
0: video of him like doing a rap battle with Mos Def? No. Yeah, it's fine. Mos Def. one. Yeah. Yeah. I, see,
1: I, I never thought. I think Kanye has a lot of great ideas, and I think his strength is in like his emotion that he puts into things and right. his producing. You know the way he compiles things and put them puts them together and stuff. But like as a lyricist, he's good as a rapper uh like his mean, flow he's, a, he's okay but he was got lasted, a but, flow
0: but you know, you know he I mean? made himself do it and yeah. he turns out
1: he's like the biggest rap star pretty much in the world right now especially because of like all the controversy and all that but yeah. you can't like his I just wish that his personal life and his struggles as a human were not so much on display so that we could recognize the greatness that is his production, his songs. Well, you know, there's he, always he's so the, good.
0: Well, there's always the point too that once art is created and it's you know produced and it's released, it's no longer the artist's. You know what I mean? We had that whole conversation about uh, J.K. Rowling when she was coming out with anti-transgender uh, tweets and stuff, and pretty much erasing the experiences of an entire group of people. Right? And Daniel Radcliffe wrote this beautiful letter for the Trevor Project. And in it, he said pretty much, you know, your relationship to these books, if these books taught you that love can conquer anything, if these books taught you that there is a place for every person in this world, then that is a relationship, that's a sacred relationship between you and that work of art, and nobody can take that away from you. You know, it's like, I like to shit on Wagner and stuff, right, but if Wagner taught you if, it, if Wagner inspired you, if his art inspired you, that has nothing to do with that man as yeah. a person. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I kind of like am, am starting to look at different artists like Kanye West and all bullshit he's been saying as a person. But, you know, for me being as inspired as I was by his music, that doesn't take away any of that for yeah. me, you know? No,
1: not for me either. I mean, I there was a time where I was not fucking with Kanye because of the personal stuff he was saying. But then mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, the music to me is just so good. And I can't... I can't negate that. Like I could boycott him, and I could, like we did with the R. Kelly thing, because what R. Kelly did was very heinous mm. and definitely boycott. him. See, I
0: still can't listen. to R. Ke- I don't know. There are some <laughs> things you just can't get over. You know, and I, I heard somebody. I like, agree with
1: that. I agree with that. Uh, with him, it's a little bit different. But I just... heard somebody rolling
0: down the street the other day, and they played ignition. There was like two seconds where I was like, "Damn it!" Damn it. Damn. Like, yeah. Stop! 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 stop. Uh, no! Yeah. Like,
1: uh. Uh, the same yeah. with Tower of the Creator. I mean, the first time I ever listened to him. He started off saying a, a homophobic slur. And I remember being in the car and be like, I'm not listening to that. I'm right, not doing that. Right, but right. he has also, even in terms of his own sexuality, come a long way. So I want to go in. You said you've been listening to the Tyler Creator thread. And I wanted to go into that a little bit. Yeah. Um. So Tyler, the Creator, if you don't know him, you probably do. But he started with this collective Odd Future. And it was just like a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Only a few of them are really famous. Like Earth Sweatshirt, is pretty, he's pretty famous, but he's yeah. also a recluse. Uh, Sid the Kid taco her brother and then tyler and then maybe a couple other people so it's kind of like a a first gen brock hampton
0: well you know what i actually found very interesting about that and listening to dissect is that his idea for odd future was originally a magazine where they could pretty much write about whatever they wanted yeah, which sounds exactly yeah, it was like funny. diacritical to That's me funny. you know what i mean and they just they ended up just really exploring all of these things that they really loved and then from there they just made good content and like yeah. The testament to that is many of the people that were in Odd Future that are no longer, like Earl Sweatshirt, are very successful on their own. Yeah, you know? I
1: didn't, I didn't fuck with Odd Future too much because I thought it was just weird, frankly. Yeah. But um, when Tyler the Creator kind of left and started doing his own thing because he made uh he made Wolf, then he made Cherry Bomb, which I didn't really listen to, but then he made so I listened to Wolf, and that's when I turned off like okay I'm done with this homophobic uh-huh. stuff. Then he made Flower Boy, and but his transition, like the way he made his the flower boy album and i listened to that whole dissecting Mm -hmm. over two weeks the orchestral elements yeah um the vulnerability that he displays the narrative yeah he wrote all of that stuff you know that inspired me to write my own lecture recital and then he writes igor which is a little bit different but also um in the same kind of vein yeah uh but Igor is not like a rap album, and he won the Grammy for Best Urban Contemporary Album. And he goes on, he's like, I think this is bullshit because it's um mm-hmm. this is not a rap album, but I'll I'll, right. be, I'll accept the Grammy, whatever.
0: Right. I think for him, I always kind of consider because my first my first introduction to him was like one of his music videos, which I don't recommend. But is um, the one with a cockroach. No, They're no, like no, no, That, that one. That one was gross, but like <laughs> I understood it. But uh, there was just it was kind of like a claymation kind of. I don't even know. I can't remember, but it was very interesting as a video, right? But like, I just didn't get the sound, you know. But the more I've got, especially with like, I didn't really listen to him as consistently. I didn't go back to his earlier work until I listened to Flower Boy. Yeah, and it's because that album is so personal and it's introspective. He's really kind of like a bit of a, a bit of a unicorn for me in that sense of like I don't like more more and more nowadays. I'd say within the last ten or so years. Like hip hop and rap has gotten to be very introspective, mm-hmm. and there are still rappers and stuff that are very outward in
1: what they're talking about. That's what I like to you know, call like the the candy rap.
0: Yeah, the the kind of yeah. rap that
1: like you just you just take because you just want to turn up or whatever like at whatever Nicki party Minaj. whatever party you're going to yeah. these days. But yeah. that's the kind of stuff that you just kind of turn up to. But then like the I more, like
0: that candy rap. Yeah, rap. like it's just like mm-hmm.
1: it's just candy, you know, it's yeah. just something to kind of eat on, whatever. Exactly. But the stuff that you really have to think about, like. Uh, I mean, I just discovered this guy last night, Marlon Kraft. Mm. He's the, he's a rap, he's interesting, at very very social justice type of dude. Yeah, uh, but his beats, I mean, I think his rapping is fine. It is not anything I've not heard before, so it's okay. But his rap is really influenced by jazz and stuff like right. that. But uh, I think like the more introspective rap, and that's the is is, is amazing to me, and that's the stuff I want to listen to because. But Tyler got to that point; yeah. he had to get to that point. Right. He had to go from like saying all this disgusting stuff to get to the point where he was like very vulnerable in his. I guess talk about that <laughs>
0: dissect. I can't remember the exact context, but
1: what what's that
0: about about him using using homophobic slurs in that way. Cause he, it's also a part of his like personal journey. Yeah, in I think terms he was using. I
1: think he was using it because for him, you can go look this up. But I'm pretty sure he, for him, it's just like I just say that word, and we all know what word I'm talking about because it's just funny to me. Like anybody could be like that. But yeah. then like he's also you have to remember nineteen yeah I can't he was back then I, I'm not excusing it I think it's bad I would yeah, not say those things but, stupid ass thing but it's like you were 19 you know and you're just like joking around and whatever but then he goes from that to never saying that word again on tape I haven't heard him say it since right Cherry bomb. probably
0: well he got like, dragged for it like, well he got banned consist- for it yeah, exactly. in, di- in different countries wasn't it like Tegan and Sarah I believe that uh, came out with this whole statement a lot of people Ta- did yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. a lot of people I did I don't remember but... the Tegan and Sarah one being particularly uh, public
1: yeah and they but uh but then he had he had this amazing journey where he became way more vulnerable, and now he's i guess a pseudo homosexual, I don't know, he's never said it he's no never he's it.
0: never said it out loud, yeah. I think he's only expressed i don't know i I don't like to necessarily like. Speculate About stuff like that Because it's not really For me to speculate about It's like yeah. It's kind of like When people try to figure out Whether or not I'm mixed You know what I mean <laughs> Like They're just
1: like well, What are you yeah. Do I you prefer know. the word Mixed or biracial
0: I don't know I call myself Black biracial That's how I That's I how I describe myself as yeah. I don't mind mixed There are definitely words That I hate You know Like Yeah But you know It's again like I'd much rather be the person To identify myself sure. Rather than Have people just like completely wreck themselves trying to figure out like it doesn't matter if it comes up in conversation it comes up in conversation but it's yeah. not the most important thing about me
1: you know no absolutely not I yeah. think that that's another conversation but people definitely want to label what What are you
0: I think people try to make sense of Tyler yeah. choices by <laughs> sure speculating about yeah. these things based on things that he said before versus versus the statements he's made now. Yeah. And they're just kind of confused about it, but it, it doesn't necessarily matter in terms of his growth as a musician. Like, Absolutely. And
1: I think, honestly, when he is that vulnerable, because he has said, now he's made allusions to, and, and definitely said, you know, um, one particular because is, I've been kissing white boys since 2004. Right. That's probably literal. Like, he's yeah. probably not joking around. So we can kind of go and assume that, you know, perhaps he's bisexual, whatever, but it doesn't matter because it just doesn't take away from him as an artist and how beautiful and how far he's come. Yeah, seriously though, when you see that type of growth in a person from what they used to be, like we were talking about earlier before we got on the, before we got on the line, it's like, that is kind of amazing that, a Person can grow that much because I tell you, most people don't. Most right. adults are the same or from they the they time they're like, 20 to the time they die, they're or they the don't same.
0: like self reflect enough to understand it, which is what Flower Boy is to me. It's self reflection, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then that, that came out of self reflection, like, yeah, exactly. We were talking about this before. I don't even recognize the person that I moved to Kansas City as, yeah. You know, I moved here when I was like 22 23 years old. You know, it's, it's four years later, and and I am different every single way yeah you know and and it's unique in this case to bring it back to the choices that he makes in production right we're talking about the instruments the thread of the album how he put it together over time um, and and I say over time as in the beginning of the album to the end of the album, too, because that's that's a, a thought. Length is also a consideration, well, I think, what in production. You'll,
1: what you'll find out, too, when you when you keep listening to that podcast is that I think of this album as filled with a lot of pastel colors. Yeah. But when the machismo stuff comes in, it's when he's not being vulnerable. It's when he's trying to put on a mask. Like, you li- right. listen to something like... Um, who that boy? Which mm-hmm. is very uh, just like a lot of banger. It's just like a banger. Yeah, to You yeah, know, yeah. it's with A$AP Rocky and A$AP Rocky kind of plays this like foil to him. Yeah. But that's when the music becomes not vulnerable. When right. you When you have this this kind of machismo, hard hitting. Yeah. Snare and stuff like that, but when it's more vulnerable, it's like this beautiful orchestral section and this these pastel colors and this beautiful guitar and you know all these wonderful arpeggiated lines. And yeah,
0: you took a lot of. I think he took a lot of chances in terms of switching
1: up his style as much as he did, and and he was rewarded for it for yeah. sure. Because that set him on a good journey. Yeah. Um, for his next album, which is Igor, which is something else that I really really love. Yeah. Um, I want to shout out a couple women. Missy Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Duh. Missy Elliott is incredible. Can't go on enough about her. She definitely, definitely changed things. What
0: a, I mean, changed things is, like, everything. Yeah. Like, you know, a dancer, mm-hmm. an MC. Like, I just, I can't say enough about Missy Elliott. Yeah. Like, what is your favorite Missy Elliott
1: video? I know. Well, I don't... I I think about the one really popular one, which is "I can't stand the rain" side my window, when she's mm. wearing that big old black thing, super duper fly, that big black garbage can thing. That yeah, she's Yeah, like bag what is Miss wearing? Yellow
0: doing right now? She's probably sending that garbage bag. <laughs> she's
1: eating a bunch of <laughs> chinos 35. or something. Like
0: that. Like I like to imagine when people are like mention Missy Elliott, I always picture her in like that bicycle helmet with like the, the, <laughs> the MLB pitcher glasses. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, right, right. yeah.
1: Um, I'm not as familiar with Missy Elliott's work. I need to dive into that for sure. But she was one of the people when I was growing up. It's like, oh, she's a rapper, but oh yeah, she doesn't look like a sex kitten, like a like a little Kim or somebody like that, or even a Beyonce, who Beyonce's not a rapper, but she doesn't look like that. She looks like a regular gal. You know, yeah, she's not. I
0: mean the The cookbook for me, that album was like transcendent for me. Yeah. Uh, that was the one that like lose control was on. Mm. That won a bunch of awards. That was a phenomenal dance video. Yeah. Batman scoop in Sierra, Sierra. This beat it. That's from one two step. But, yeah. like but you know, know yeah, you
1: know, <laughs> who Sierra is yeah.
0: Yeah, but like I uh, no Missy Elliott is incredible, man. I there's that one track from from the cookbook that was just so incredible. Um, called My Struggles you're like y'all don't really know who I am Goddamn, like grease in the frying pan cause I am bacon eggs toast butter like it's such a good Okay, track. so I'll
1: have to go back and it was with to Mary that. J. Blige okay. too and Grand
0: Poobah um, yeah no no she's incredible Beyonce <laughs> also produces her own stuff. Star- I guess Blue Ivy produces all of Beyonce's music <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke <laughs> I
1: know right it's I love that like- joke that Blue Ivy is like this <laughs> mastermind running <laughs> saying, all this shit yeah. Beyonce gets done with the set and you like I have no yeah, right,
0: right. <laughs> that, that, that is a great
1: joke. I love that. Uh, one more person I want to shout out. There's there's this girl called Wonder Girl. She produces for Travis Scott and she's produced for mm. Rihanna. I need to check her out a little bit more. I'm not a huge fan of Travis Scott. I think right. he is, but I think his his music is like a little bit more. Um, I, I won't say um, it's kind of darker for the. It's like a dark rap to me. Okay, with a lot of auto tune. So I'm not so much a fan, but I like that she's producing for this yeah. high level. I mean. Can you and I wanted to be a musical producer for a long time. I do produce my own stuff, but not on the level of you know a Missy Elliott or a Timberland or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how hard is it to break into that industry as a woman? You know what I mean. I yeah. wonder what that's like oh, to just man. be like, oh, I have all these beats, and then motherfuckers be like, it's not hard oh, it's not enough or, hard or something enough like that. You, you know, I mean, people are people are haters anyway, but to. I just wonder how hard of that industry it is to, to break I'm into sure.
0: That. I mean, I guess with a lot of professions, there's so much, like, like toxic mask energy in, like, a lot of especially stuff. Especially... Mask cause with I a normally, C,
1: y'all. Like, I know I normally would not go on that, like, I'm a woman, so I will... Bl- I, I'm not really on that wave, like, I'm a woman, therefore I am oppressed. It's really not like that for me. But I can just imagine... You can in acknowledge the, barriers. Well, yeah, that's true. But, like, especially... In the rap realm, yeah.
0: Oh God, yeah.
1: Especially here, I can definitely be like, "Oh, I that's mean, a boy." Going
0: name. back to Missy Elliott, did she like just win some awards? She should have won like twenty years ago. Sure, yeah. like I it took people forever to actually like recognize Missy Elliott in the way they've been recognizing men for like
1: decades yeah.
0: you know what I mean Lauren Hill too if she has her chakras in order but like
1: <laughs> <laughs> if she doesn't show up three hours late bless her heart oh my god she Lauren, has a lot of just well not even buy a to a Lauren <laughs> <laughs> like love her to bits but... yeah she uh she has a lot of issues yeah, a lot issues. a lot of you issues you explain
0: those in your classes I'm like this is Ms. Lauren oh girl. yeah right oh god <laughs> we
1: talk about that in another episode yeah right um so who else do you want to shout out that's um, all i've got really
0: i don't know man i kind of actually you know why don't we move to uh you know we, t- we kind of alluded to this in terms of like our experiences actually producing mm-hmm. you know as individuals right now so i was kind of wondering about you um your kind of journey into getting into producing the things that you like about it and you know like what what do you use like software what are the what are the things that excite you about producing
1: well, when I first started producing music was, I was super young. I was like seven. Okay. Damn. And I and I, and I would, I mean, just like any other kid, I, would, I had a little drum and I maybe uh-huh. had like a little cheap guitar from the pawn shop. Yeah. And I would just make songs. And I remember like writing songs when I was really young. And then I got like a plastic trumpet. And then I, so I've been involved in music ever since forever because my yeah. parents, you know, on Sundays they would listen to all kinds of things. But then like I took a break from making music for a long time. And I just focused on trumpet because I went to graduate mm-hmm. school and then I came here. And then when I decided to write my lecture recital, that's when I was like, I really want to produce this on Logic. Yeah. And what I do when I produce music, it's like, it's it's the process of, I just kind of get inspired by something. Right. And then I just start picking out instruments. And normally if I sit down at the at the keyboard, and I'm like, oh, let me try out this sound, let me try out this sound, blah, blah. I usually can come up with something. But the, the most fun part for me is going back and refining it.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: You know, and, and recently I've been writing this shout-out to uh, the Isolation album, getting ready to come out here in about a month, yeah, that yeah. I've been writing. Shout-out to Trump Check. <laughs> <laughs> You're ready? Oh, man, get ready for Trump Check, y'all. Shout-out to, I... shout <laughs> to the video for Trump Check. Oh, um, but when I start writing lyrics and stuff, it's like I want to – because I don't really do that. I don't yeah. write lyrics. But I did for this album, and it's like I really want to challenge myself to make things that are, like, really funny yeah. and really super relevant. But that's my process. I use Logic. I have recently gotten an Ableton and I have just spent so much money on equipment these past yeah. couple years. I should be buying an E flat trumpet. Maybe I should buy a new piccolo trumpet. No, I wanna buy a new keyboard. I wanna buy some more software. You yeah. I wanna buy this drum machine. Yeah. Uh yeah, what's your process like? What's your
0: I guess like, you know, hearing you kind of describe it as like, you know, your early years. I guess I, I did also have experiences like that. But but later in like high school and stuff, like I like very young, I picked up the guitar Um, because I needed something other than the flute. Like, I remember telling my parents, like, the flute isn't enough for me. Like, I need something for other, like, emotions that I'm feeling. You know what I mean? I need another outlet for that. So I picked up the guitar, and, like, at some point in high school, I... I produced this terrible EP. I mean, it was fine. I was like sixteen years I, old. Did you, you know you what did you I mean? Played
1: for me once. No. A oh bunch God, of years no. Ago? no. Of course
0: not. I didn't. You played me something though. Maybe, 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 maybe. They're saved on like my old like iPod that I still keep around. But thank yeah. God that shit ran out of batteries. <laughs> but like, you know, I mean, but I was super into it. I think at the most, like, I you know, it's kind of interesting how I came to it because it's kind of the same way how like. Producing developed from like the the 50s and 60s into what we know about it today, which is like in the 50s and 60s, usually you had to record everything live. And that's how I was doing things, right? Like it was live or nothing, you know what I mean? And, you know, I wouldn't really mess with it after that. If the sound wasn't right just on one take, I'd do another one and another one and another one wait till I got a perfect take. Mm -hmm. But then as I I kind of got a little bit more into it, I got a little bit better technology uh, when I got my laptop and everything like that. I started doing multi-track recordings Mm -hmm. and his multi-track recordings really changed the game in music production we think about like and I'll only mention Phil Spector like literally this time (laughs) he did some stuff it was great but like also think about Boston you know what I mean that band Boston which is like one person recorded like multi-tracks on that thing right Uh, Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys the Beatles you know um, people like that doing multi-track recordings, kind of put them together like that. I haven't really gotten into the weeds of it until really COVID, when I decided to get back into it. Yeah. But as like a singer-songwriter, it's really just been multi-track recording. Speaking of our executive producer, who's <laughs> Zoya Zoya's the in cat. The building. She's in the building. Yeah. She's Hello. Hello. I'm your primary caregiver now. <laughs> JJ's out. Yeah. So, but like, I I really like recently got into producing like electronic music yeah uh like i've been really inspired by chiptune stuff and 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 everything like that and so i really wanted to try that i found so much joy in discovering like sound palettes you know what i mean because with again like multi-track recording you're almost limited by the stuff that you can actually play or actually Mm -hmm. sing but electronic music and with what technology I have available to me which right now pretty much just amounts to an iPad, yeah. right? That's all I have. But, but apparently
1: all... there's a lot of stuff you can do with an iPad. You don't there is need a, lot. a big setup.
0: I mean if you just if it's the only thing you have, yeah. then it's the only thing you need. But that's the thing you know? too
1: about like making music, you know, if anyone's listening that wants to be a music maker or whatever, start with what you have. Yeah. I started with a Sony Vio that my parents bought me 4 years prior. Yeah. A little cheap microphone from Amazon, a little um MIDI keyboard that my friend gave me. That was she, it. I started out with a, a Casio band.
0: voice recorder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Please stop. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that
1: cat is like, give us some attention. Please. Okay. But you know, that's that's what I started out with and then as you grow and you get better, then you, you start branching out and your music becomes more sophisticated. I You just I have think, to dive into it, you know. Well what you mean? just have to you absolutely and I'm so glad that you've taken this time to do this stuff during COVID because to me it's like when I sit down to write music, I'm not anxious. I'm not nervous I'm no. not sad I'm just creating I forget about time <laughs> yeah you know, I, I, I literally just sit there for 10 hours and just be staring yeah. at the computer until my ta- eyes burn out
0: yeah we were talking about this again like before the other thing too is just like your ideas don't necessarily translate in the end product to what you initially thought that they would be when yeah. you start out like I just dropped another track like um, SoundCloud shout out,
1: Mad, Mad, <laughs> Mad Miracle Rabbit, shout Miracle out. Miracle
0: Rabbit, yeah. yeah, yeah, the SoundCloud. Um, but, um, you know, like, I started off with uh, with something on guitar, and I wanted to translate the entire thing from that into an electronic format, right? But I wanted to say something, too, the idea behind it. And I ended up with something that barely resembles what I originally wrote on the guitar, except for in... Uh, spirit but also like even the melody the main melody and what I wrote initially on that instrument turned out to be like a secondary melody in that mm-hmm. and you know I had spoken word layered over it too which is <laughs> something I had been dabbling with back in high school and stuff too I remember I had this one track where I like layered a Bobby Kennedy speech over uh like an alternative rock thing that I that I made and stuff like that too yeah. but like you know like it's it's such a such a beautiful challenge
1: It is. No, yeah, it's a beautiful challenge, especially I think it's good that, you know, we, not that we're any better, but we do have the know-how. Like we have the theory knowledge. Yes. Like we've got all the musical knowledge and we can just make anything we want. Literally anything we think of, we can make.
0: It gives your ear more tools to work with. It definitely but, does. Not saying know. that
1: those people, like, I'm sure Timberland doesn't have a music degree. He still makes you don't some need amazing one. stuff. You don't need one. You, you just I just mere, like having, I like having all the tools at my disposal. Like, oh, I can make this chord. I can do this, blah, blah, blah. It helps to
0: understand the song yeah, structure. Don't, don't you know? be
1: intimidated by that. Just listen to your favorite pop people or whomever, and just be like, well, I, you know, I want to make a song like that. Okay, yeah, well, having so that kind of like
0: a fan. classical or theory background, it helps, but it also doesn't like hurt if you don't have it no, either, you know what I mean? Like, Stephen yeah. King talks about this with writing. If you want to be a good writer, read a lot, Man, I you love know Stephen what I mean? King. You said the yeah. wrong
1: thing, because I can <laughs> like another 20 minutes. Look, his, his autobiography on writing yeah. is one of the best books I've ever read, yeah. and I'm a huge Stephen King fan, and he's like, yeah, just, if you want to write more, just read more. Exactly. Read like, you,
0: like. you know what? Immerse yourself in the art forms. See, see, you know, like and another to tie it in with Stravinsky. Like good artists, uh, you know, I think it's like good artists take or something like that. Or I don't know. Good artists takes great artists steal. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if you if there's an idea, if there's a mood, if there's like a, a style. Like I I mean for a track that I dropped like called Bubblegum and stuff, I took from this this idea of like, uh, I was very inspired by a song I have on this chip tune playlist that, I, that I've been listening to. And it was just, it wasn't even anything other than a vibe. And overall, like I didn't work with the same instruments that they were working with. I mean, chip to an extent, but I would mix them into, into what my idea was and everything. But in terms of that, like you can find inspiration in anything, but like don't just, don't discount it. Don't call yourself like a, a, th- like a thief for doing yeah. things you know for being inspired by somebody pretty much all music at this point is somewhat derivative like Absolutely. if you've ever seen that that video online of like the four chord song mm-hmm. you know like what is it like c c a d g or something like that those four chords you can pretty much attribute to like of oh, pop music there's yeah. nothing wrong with that there's plenty of of songs that have one chord in them if you make a song with one chord in it does it mean you're derivative like does it mean your music is any less well
1: no. i always what no. i do my part of my process is going online and hearing something and then grabbing the chords from that and then it sounds completely different just right. because i liked it and it's like oh nobody owns chords right you know nobody's own chords ever yeah so don't be intimidated go out yeah. make your own stuff Find things that excite you. Find things that really excite you about music. If it's melody,
0: if it's chords, if it's the format of the song. Like Charlie Poof was talking about that in Attention, right? Like he knows at this point I'm supposed to have a big drop in terms of the chorus but I wanted to flip it and then do that and I'm like that's that is so cool. I think that's you know what, what makes mean? his
1: music so bright and like. Have you heard his new track, Girlfriend? Have you heard that yet? Oh no, no,
0: no! When did you drop Tony, that,
1: Tony? You're supposed to be a Puth. Look, I've
0: been working. Stuff. I've been writing music. I think that's a good excuse, right? Like if I've been if I've been writing and then just. But I
1: I'm think sure. you'll like it because it. To me, if you listen to the beginning of it, it sounds exactly like Prince. Okay. Exactly like Prince and. I, it took me a while to kind of get used to the song, but it's it's very much in that bubblegum style pop, very bright colors. Uh, he did this video for it that's kind of goofy and 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 kind of lame, but I, I like him a lot. I mean, I'm a Charlie Puth stand, I love the sounds he uses. And the more I listen to it, I'm like, is that a Congo in there? Yeah. <laughs> is well, that what is that? Yeah, I know, right?
0: <laughs> I've been incredibly inspired by Charlie Puth in terms of the the choice. I guess specifically the choices he makes. Like number one in synth, like I really <laughs> like. The different choices he makes in synthesizer, and I guess the way that that translates into my music is the fact that it takes so much time with trying to figure out the correct sound that I want for the yes, thing that I need. That is, a, that is um, a thing for sure. I also like to that effect the way that he pairs the, the bass and the drums. Yes. Also, yeah. and I mean, Babyface does this too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We were talking about when we did the Boys to Men episode and everything like that. We are talking about the way. That the drums are paired with the bass that gives off like a very very subtle, but a very very like if you didn't have it in there, then it wouldn't work as well. You know what I mean? Just the details there too. So those are the things that I take from music. It's not like I'm just gonna like pull a Robin Thicke and straight up like rip huh. like an original idea from somebody. Well, you else, can you know look, what I mean? do what you need to do, but at least yeah. give
1: that. I think the biggest thing with him was like he didn't give credit. Yeah, that's that, what they yeah, had to go. That's to a thing. You know, just whatever you got to do. Cite you, your sources. Yeah, so you yeah. got to do the bibliography. You got to do it right. So that's have right. some folks around you that are going to take care of you in that way. But
0: Absolutely that. Anyway,
1: um, I think this has been more an episode about music making surrounding like ourselves and our process. That yeah, you know, we nice. We started it we off with of like self- one thing. Yeah, and that kind of morphed into that's a different good. kind of morphed yeah. into another. But it makes me want to go home and actually write some music. I know. I just wish I could do it all day and... It has helped me a lot get through COVID. I mean, I've written mm-hmm. a whole album about this. Yeah. and I never would have done that right. if I had been working. Um, right. But yeah, I think that it's, you just got to find some creative outlet. And if listening to music or making music, just start. Just commit get, to it, man. Know.
0: I mean, that's the most difficult thing, too, you know? Mm-hmm. It's 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 easy to get in your own head about a lot of this stuff. It was very easy for me to like just drop it because I thought I was trash.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, you know what I mean. But, but then, but that's the thing about trash. It's like I hear a lot of trash right. on Spotify on the <laughs> Rap Caviar station. Ew. I hear a lot of trash. Oh, you click on that? Oh yeah, I listen to everything. To that it. that title is just offensive to me. Well, but... <laughs> you know the funny thing about it is that they have this Rap Caviar, and it's got like. Little Boat, I, I do appreciate Lil Yachty, but it's <laughs> got, like, boat, full little Boat. <laughs> yeah, it's got, like, all these rappers, but, like, no Megan Thee Stallion. Right. No Missy.
0: Because um, what does that even mean? Is it, like, high art rap or something? It's, like, it's the same it was, issue I, I have with classical music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just the term classical, you know?
1: But, uh, anyway, I, I listen to Rap Caviar, and it's like, to me, this is bullshit. I hate it but I'll yeah. listen to it because I want to know what's going on in that world but just if you think it sucks someone will like it probably <laughs> that's it <a>, like
0: look <laughs> if you do like it, it the only thing that matters is that you are happy with it yeah it, there's always going to be somebody that's like this is not my speed or and they might say that in a really destructive way but fuck them yeah you know oh, what I 100%. mean but there I think you'll be surprised as I have been exchanging music with other artists and stuff like I got a great Music exchange going on with another local artist called Oshii Michaels, M-Y-K-A-L-Z, who uh, writes incredible music. Um, and we, we send each other tracks, like, all the time. And I think, uh, and even with you sending you tracks, and, like, people that I just send it, like, please listen to this. I would love any feedback. I don't care if it's bad feedback. You will be surprised at how honest people can be without being shitty to you you know Well, that's the thing
1: if someone is being shitty and just kind of you can tell when someone's just hating yeah and without like drink your haterade have a couple sips that's fine with me but like if you're not going to be constructive just leave it alone the people that matter
0: don't mind and the people that mind don't matter yeah you know exactly
1: exactly but anyway thank you so much for listening to the dk podcast about Music producing, about life, about lots of other... We just threw yeah, that right? in in there. Good. Be sure to hit us up on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Please read Diacritical.com. Uh, we are really looking forward to the day that we can all be together. And I know I probably yep. say this every time I'm on here, but we are looking forward to the day that we can all be together and really start getting back out to concerts. And I know that the landscape is probably going to look a lot different when we get back no to that. It will not never be the same, and that's why Diacritical... Is going to be important because people are going to need to know about these things. And they're going to need to be, yep. you know, talked about. So anyway, hit us up on those platforms. That's right. We're going Send through... us an email. Go we're... ahead.
0: No, 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 we're going through a little bit of hiatus, y'all. Just so you know, we're we're taking time to re Yes, oh so, yeah. She's like, mm-hmm.
1: mention it. <laughs> 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 Make Don't sure you they know. It, it,
0: it, it. Uh, we're going through a little hiatus. We're, we're taking time to readjust what, like, how we're going to operate the business moving forward but go go back and definitely take a listen to all this stuff. The podcast is still going to be produced every week. Um but you know go back and look at look at some of our older articles. There's a, there's a ton of good content in there and uh, I'm really looking forward to moving on with season 2, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening and be safe. Keep to uh keep being well. We will <laughs> She's like, "We're over stop, time." Talk to you next week. Bye.